The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Welcome to Passion. This is a show all about love, sex, and relationships. And on Tuesday evenings, I spend the hour answering all of your questions. So if you have any concerns, questions you've been meaning to ask, find out about, then please send me a text at 514-800. People have also emailed me to laurie at drlaurie.com or you can call in right here right now at 514-790-0800. So I have a couple of texts lingering here from uh, yesterday and the day before or last week I should say. Uh, This one on the topic of a threesome that came up uh, one night uh, last week I think. Dr. Laurie, I was the third in a threesome with a married couple good friends of mine they were married for 17 years and she wanted she wanted the threesome he thought it would be harmless and erotic it went super great good time had by all but i learned that when they were having sex she would say to her hubby let's call mark it was fun this began to put stress on him and caused lots of problems i lost two very good friends for seven years we are friends again If any couple wants to have a threesome, I highly suggest rethinking it. Not worth the risk. They are still married and a valuable lesson was learned. So thank you for sharing your experiences with us. Another text writes, my ex who divorced me a long time now passed away uh, late last uh, summer. I could never go into another relationship. I'm a male adult survivor of child rape by a man when I was 12. Her passing away has been disturbing. I have PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and borderline personality disorder diagnosis. I have no substance abuse difficulties. So I'm not sure what you're asking, but it sounds like you've been dealing with a lot. And um, uh, I'm not sure if you've had therapy, but clearly the impact, there's an impact of the the childhood sexual abuse, which leads to post-traumatic stress disorder, sometimes very much related to borderline personality disorder diagnosis. So working with a therapist is really, really important so that you heal from the past and that you can move on because it just sounds like you have never been able to get into uh, another relationship, but based on what? So I have very limited information here, but what from what you do tell me is that you need to talk to somebody and talk this out and, and see how, how you have healed past uh, your trauma. Um, like it doesn't ever leave us. Trauma is is there forever uh, because you don't just undo you can't go back in the past you can't undo it you can't just forget about it but you can learn to cope with it and move forward with that and heal yourself sexually so that you can open yourself up to having uh, future sexual relationships that are healthy based so get having a healthy um, relationship to uh, sex all right here's a question my wife is too scared to do anal That's the question. 
Okay. Uh, so we're talking about, uh, it's, look, it's important when to respect a partner's boundaries, right? We all have our boundaries when it comes to sexuality. Some things we'll do, some things we definitely won't do, but sometimes a fear of a particular sexual activity is, comes out of a lack of information. So the very first step is to get informed. Um, have her give her articles to read, give her a book to read, whatever it is, but giving her the, the information without making it seem like you're like pushing it onto her or trying to convince her uh, or pressuring her. So she shouldn't feel too pressured, but once she has more information about that, you might want to ease into that area. Um, so you don't just start with anal penetration with the penis. Maybe ask your wife first, if you can just play in that area, maybe just with your finger, make sure she feels in control. And if she says, stop, then you stop. Otherwise she will not feel safe and she will not trust that you, uh, will stop when she wants you to stop, that you won't hurt her etc. So you have to start off really, really small. Sometimes people are very just uncomfortable with the thought of anything in that area for whatever reason, people have different reasons for that. Uh, and that's okay. We have to be able to respect boundaries, but sometimes if you just approach it little by little, um, and she's okay with it, uh, like if she's okay with you playing with the outside of her anus, then you can ask her if you can move on to inserting a little bit of your finger inside. And then you go on, um, from there. You always have to do this when your partner is ready and relaxed. You have to make sure there's lots of lubrication. You have to make sure that your nails are cut short. So you don't, that the skin in there is, um, is rather fragile. So it's uh, prone to tearing. So you want to make sure that that's done. Uh, you can even wear uh, a glove, <laughs> like a latex glove, uh, just to protect her actually. Um, but if she is still very uncomfortable, you're going to just have to let it go. There are many, many other ways, uh, to be, to be sexual. So I get it. Some people want to try new things, but their partner has to be up for it. Uh, and, and not feel like they're pressured into something they don't want to do. Uh, here's a question on masturbation. Is it okay to touch myself on a daily basis? Can it harm my body? Can it harm my penis? I masturbate two to three times a day. And every time I come, I feel like I'm ejaculating less and less. Is that something to worry about? Does masturbating too much have an effect on the growth of my penis? This sounds familiar as a question. Uh, just goes to show you how many people have very similar questions when it comes to sexuality, which is why, by the way, no question is a silly question when you ask it here. So, um, Masturbation is a natural form of, uh, of sexuality. It's, it's perfectly healthy, uh, perfectly normal. It's a great way to get to know your body. It's a great way to fulfill your sexual desires. If you don't have a partner, it's also fine if you do have a partner, by the way. Uh, but too much is really, uh, how do we assess too much? Too much is when it gets to a point that it interferes with your daily life or it interferes with your relationship. Adolescents, young adults tend to masturbate at a much greater uh, frequency. 
Think about it yourself when you were uh, at that peak of testosterone, you know, at the beginning of puberty, when you start to, when you discover that your, your body gives you pleasure, when you are, have all kinds of erotic thoughts in your head and all of that. So uh, clearly it happens at a greater uh, frequency, which is normal because of the testosterone levels that um, are responsible for, for the sexual desire. The thing is, the more you ejaculate in one day, the less liquid there will be. This is normal, perfectly normal. You can't produce enough. Like you need, there's a refractory period that's required, which is the replenishing period, the rest period in between. Uh, and that, um, so the more you have, the more um, masturbation you have, or the more ejaculations you have, the less volume of that ejaculate there will be. It has no effect on the growth of your penis, okay? Um, but, but what you might notice is after you've had several orgasms, it's very possible that your erections may be less hard, which may then appear to be like they, like your penis has shrunk or, or is smaller. It's just that you're not getting as much blood flow in there. It's just not fully engorged or maximally engorged with blood, but once you've given it a rest, it will all return to normal. So no impact on growth. Coming up, a question about birth control for men. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Get your questions answered tonight. 514-800 to text in a question. You can call in at 514-790-0800 if you want to talk something out. Uh, or you can always email me, Lori at drlori.com. Uh, this one by email, do you have any reliable information on birth control pills for men or any other method that does not involve a condom? You know, it's about time we had something other than condoms for men, right? Unfortunately, to date, there are no birth control pills available on the market for men. Uh, there's one that is being studied in like a phase one trial in humans. Um, it looks promising, but it, it's a very small sample and a lot more research needs to be done, especially on how long it takes. Because what you want for a male birth control pill is, is not to affect libido, but to um, eliminate the sperm production. And just as long as they're on the pill, not permanently, right? So we're not there yet. And the, um, the pills, all the stuff that has, has been studied, uh, there are side effects. Men don't, uh, apparently don't tolerate those side effects very well. Similar side effects that women have, by the way. Um, so nothing has been out, uh, nothing has come out on the market yet or been approved or, uh, but they are in their study phases in humans. So we'll see. I, I figure within the next 10 years, maybe we should have something. You would think it would be faster, but they've been working on this for decades, by the way. We've been talking about this for decades. Um, so the other only, the only other really option is to get a vasectomy, but this is a, a little drastic, not that it's a drastic procedure. It's not like, it's not a huge, uh, 
I mean, of course I'm talking from a female perspective here, but it's a, a couple, it's like 20 minutes in the doctor's office and you go home, you have uh, uh, testicles that are a little black and blue and you're in a little bit of discomfort for a while, but, but that's it. Um, and of course they have to cut in there and, and do a little cauterizing and, and what have you. Uh, the problem with the getting a vasectomy is if you want children at some point, uh, then this is not an option. Um, I mean, it could be, and it could be reversible, but there's no guarantees that it can be successfully reversed. And the longer you are vasectomized and then do the reversal, the less chance of it succeeding. So if you have it done and then six months later you want it reversed, well, then there's a good chance. If you wait five years, less chance, 10 years, even less chances. So there's that. The other method for men, which is not one that I really recommend, is the withdrawal method. Uh, but this is really one of the least um, reliable forms of uh, birth control, partly because men lubricate. They have a pre-cum, pre-ejaculate, which may contain sperm, which they do not feel coming out. So... Um, they could impregnate somebody. And if you're going, and anybody who uses the withdrawal method from the female perspective, they really have to know their cycle really, really well. Uh, that's number one. So, and, and number two is the pre-cum issue, which is why there's an old joke that says the withdrawal method is a really good method of parenting. Uh, so clearly not the best option. So basically condoms is all you've got. Unless anybody else has any other ideas, condoms or abstinence, that's where it's at. Uh, all right. One of my girlfriends way in the past couldn't stand the smell of my breath in the morning. I've had, uh, I've had enough girlfriends that told me there's nothing really wrong with it. It's not like I had halitosis, which is the the uh, medical term for bad breath. Uh, however, she was so bothered by it and I never understood why she couldn't just not breathe through her nose in the morning. I don't think anybody likes the smell of somebody else's breath in the morning. Just don't smell it. That's all. Uh, was that so hard? Um, you know, you never know. Like some people have sensitivities, right? They have smell sensitivities. It could be to, to different things. And, and maybe for her, your particular smell or breath or what have you was really hard uh, for her to take. But you're right. Breathe through your nose. Get up. Wait till, you know, don't breathe on her face. And get used to a, a different pattern of, of waking up. But uh, that shouldn't be a, a deal breaker. Um, but... You, there's no accounting for different people's tastes and sensitivities and aversions to things. It's like, it's like if you love uh, Brussels sprouts, but your partner uh, can't stand even the smell of it and is aversive to it. Well, there you go. Why is it such a horrible smell? No. Uh, so there's that possibility, right? All right, 514-800 to, uh, to text in. Um, I have two questions, this person says. Is there any video you can send me or special tips for making my girlfriend uh, orgasm faster and several times and to fully enjoy sex? I want to be the best out of it. 
with everything. And then is there any tips to motivate my girlfriend to find out how to give uh, better oral sex? Okay. Although it's not in those exact words, <laughs> in cruder words, but I'm not saying those on the radio. So I understand you, uh, you want to be a really great lover to your girlfriend, but the best way to do that is really to listen to what she needs and how she needs to be touched. It'll be different with everybody that you're with, but this means you have to talk. You have to have conversations about sex. You should know that typically it takes women longer to reach orgasm than men. And the majority of women need lots of foreplay that includes clitoral stimulation. So it's not about the intercourse. Some women enjoy, uh, the fingering, getting fingered. And a good way to do this is to use one finger and do a come here kind of motion, which provides stimulation to the area commonly known as the G spot area. Um, in your second question, how, uh, to, for her to perform oral sex better, this is where sometimes pornography could be educational, right? Uh, she could certainly look at that and, uh, and get some ideas you could, and I'm pretty sure that you could find tutorials on YouTube, uh, to give you like ideas and things that you can do. I know that there are people who, uh, who do this. There's a, some by the name of Kenneth play who does that, who does tutorials. And it's mostly, I believe with with women, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, Dr. Jessica O'Reilly is a colleague of mine. She's written a whole bunch of books on this, uh, on the topic. So there's, you might want to look, uh, look her up. So those are some, some options for you. Uh, just Drew says asparagus does nasty things to the privates and pee. Uh, yeah, uh, lots of different things affect, uh, your, any juices flowing out of you, whether it's your semen, your saliva, all of that. It certainly affects you just last week, right? I talked about a woman who had an anaphylactic reaction after she swallowed her boyfriend's sperm. Why? Because he had taken penicillin four hours earlier uh, to treat an ear infection and she didn't know about it, but she is herself anaphylactically allergic to penicillin. So it was enough to be, there was enough traces in there that caused her to go into anaphylaxis. So that's, uh, which is interesting. So yeah, what you are, what you eat, I suppose, uh, in that respect. Uh, my wife isn't able to have my cum in her mouth. It makes her gag or throw up anything we can do so that I'd be able to come in her. Uh, yeah, put on a condom and come in the condom and let the condom be, be flavored for her. And that's, uh, that's a possibility right there. What are you going to do? She gags and wants to throw up. Why would you, uh, put that on her? or insist that she do something that clearly she cannot tolerate. Uh, you wouldn't, I would hope. So an alternative is yes, is to use a condom for, um, for oral sex. 
514-800. By the way, does anybody else have ideas? Like if you have, uh, if you're listening to me and you're listening to some of the answers and you're listening to some of the questions, if you want to add your two cents, if there's something I'm missing or some angle that I should look at, or maybe you've experienced something similar and want to share your thoughts, uh, then uh, please text in as well, 514-800 and, and share, uh, share your two cents as well. Somebody says poppy breath. I'm not sure what that means. Tell him to drink an egg and then, oh, (laughs) okay. So this one is for you who doesn't want, uh, whose wife doesn't want your cum in her mouth. Tell him to drink an egg and then wonder, or take a mouthful of the sperm of the ejaculate in your mouth and then wonder, and then see, um, that's a possibility too. say, I'll do it. You know, I'll try it. I'll, I'll, I would do it and do it. And, and maybe that will motivate her. I'm not, I'm not sure, but that's a good point that texter's making. All right. I've got a bunch of questions here that I got by email that I want to uh, share with you. But of course, if you want to connect with me, like right here, right now, before I get to all this, anybody who calls in or texts in right now, uh, does have priority. The emails, uh, can wait. So, uh, feel free to send them in your, uh, text at 514-800, but you, uh, you, you're always welcome to during the week. Uh, you know that I start the, the show, uh, every show begins with me answering some of your, uh, so some of your questions. So you can send them into, uh, Lori at, uh, com, and I'll be happy to, uh, to answer your questions. Just remember it's anonymous. That's the beauty of radio. It's completely anonymous. I don't know who you are. You don't have to give me any names. You could be talking about your friend. Even when you call, you can give me a different name. I just want you to be able to ask whatever questions you have for me. From the pleasure to the pain and everything in between. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Answering your questions tonight on this Trouble Tuesdays, uh, here's a question for you. I'm relatively young and inexperienced with sexual encounters, but I've had two relationships and have had sex nine to seven times with more fingering of her than me and always have trouble finishing whenever my girlfriend gets involved. I believe it is because I am circumcised. If you could send me some professional information my way, it would be much appreciated. Uh, So... I highly doubt that an inability to orgasm with your partner has anything to do with being circumcised. I'm also going to assume that you ha- you masturbate and you have no problems there. So it's not about uh, circumcision. And if that were the case, by the way, millions of men would have the same issue because of all the men that are circumcised. Much more likely in this case that it is due to... Um, being used to a certain type of pressure, a certain type of speed, etc., that you use on your penis. And your girlfriend is not touching you exactly the same way that you touch yourself. So you got used to your way. So the best advice I have is teach her, show her how you like to be touched. And you can guide her with your own hand, for example, so that she understands how much pressure to put on there, how fast to go, etc. So that, that would be the, the option to go at. Um, okay, question, uh, let me see. 
Um, my ex-boyfriend has severe halitosis. However, I never seem to have noticed it whenever we kissed, which was very sensual and pleasurable, which leaves me wondering, can oxytocin override the olfactory nerves? What a great question. And I don't have the answer to that. I, I wonder if that's a possibility. The only thing I can think of is when you're kissing and you are, your, your mouths are, are sealed together, it's more about taste than about smell. So, uh, somebody who has halitosis or bad breath doesn't necessarily taste bad. Uh, and so you may be in such close proximity that you are not smelling, but simply, uh, tasting. So that could very well be what's going on. But if anybody else has any ideas, please, uh, let me know. Another text says, maybe he can change his diet to change the taste of his sperm and she'll be able to handle it better. So this is in reference to the gentleman whose wife did, uh, that doesn't want to uh, have him ejaculate in her mouth because it makes her gag and throw up. Um, again, for some women, it isn't necessarily the taste. And you're right about changing the diet, by the way. Um, in changing the diet and making it much more uh, fruits and vegetables, like vegetarians apparently have the best tasting sperm uh, and eating things that are sweet like um, pineapple and things like that can actually help with uh, sperm. Asparagus is known to have the opposite effect. Uh, so for some women, it isn't about the taste, but more about the texture. Uh, so it all depends. Another question. Um, uh, and, oh yeah. In response to the circumcision, Dr. Lori being cut does not interfere with ejaculation been both as an adult. So this is from someone who was circumcised later as an adult and, uh, no difference with ejaculation. Any difference in, would you say with, uh, sensitivity? I'm wondering five, one, four, 800 to text in. Uh, all right. Uh, I was just wondering, is there a way to increase uh, semen volume and also for the taste, I've heard that eating cantaloupe or coconut can sweeten it a lot. So you're uh, absolutely right about the sweetening part, uh, that, uh, coconut and, uh, sweet things could actually sweeten it. If you eat a lot of garlic and onion, it will have uh, a different taste, but if you eat a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables, it has, it has a sweeter taste. So that, that is true. Remember what you put in your body comes out in your bodily fluids. Okay. Uh, so in terms of increasing sperm volume, I never quite understood why people need to have a big load, so to speak. It's not like it gets studied very much. People don't seem to, researchers don't really seem to care about that. Uh, one thing we know for certain is that the more you ejaculate within a shorter amount of time, the less, uh, the less ejaculate vol the less volume you're going to have. That's just uh, the, just nature's way. That's the way it works. But there are different things that affect the volume. So what is known is that people who are obese, for example, uh, produce much less sperm. So there is, you can lose weight. So if you are overweight, you can lose weight. Eating uh, antioxidants. So uh, fruits, vegetables, things that have antioxidants oxidant properties, and also a moderate amount of exercise, avoiding uh, tobacco, avoiding excessive alcohol consumption, those kinds of things 
basically, what am I talking about? Leading a healthy lifestyle. So leading a healthy lifestyle and staying hydrated. There's a lot of water in sperm, uh, in, in the ejaculate, I should say. And so uh, being nicely hydrated is also very important. People don't think about that, but if you don't drink enough water, it will also uh, have an impact there. So I hope that, uh, that answers your question. I don't suggest men add sugar to their diet so their ladies can have sweet tasting sperm. That is not the purpose of sperm. You have a point. I'm not saying eat cookies and ice cream and all that stuff. I'm talking about the natural in fruit. Um, so certainly eating sugar, I don't think is going to have that impact. So just, just eating plain sugar is not, uh, that certainly hasn't been studied, but eating fruits, certain fruits, absolutely not to excess amounts, by the way. And again, leading a healthy lifestyle. Um, and if you're a, a vegetarian lifestyle, plant-based lifestyle, you, um, might have better tasting sperm, but that's a long way to go, uh, to have good tasting sperm, right? To changing your lifestyle to that degree. Although it's quite healthy for you. I can talk to you about that, but that's not what this is about here uh, tonight, right? 514-800 to, uh, to text in your questions. Of course, you can always call in at uh, 514-790-0800. Sometimes the phones are a bit wonky, but they're working now. So I am available to take your call. Uh, the texter who writes in about uh, being circumcised as an adult set in terms of sensitivity. Yes, Dr. Lori, my penis is less sensitive, slowly lost sensitivity over time. Would you say that sex is then less uh, pleasurable? Like we can have a whole discussion with people who have been circumcised later in life and, you know, and also people who've been circumcised at birth it's hard for them to know, uh, if they could be more sensitive, but it's not like they don't experience pleasure. Circumcised men still experience pleasure and, and, and all that. And they don't know the other side of it, but it's always interesting to talk to people who've had late, uh, late, uh, date or late age circumcisions actually. Uh, coming up, I want to answer a question, uh, about, uh, fecal mess with anal. Boy, we get a lot of questions about anal sex. Seems to be quite popular. Straight talk that's all inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Uh, Trouble Tuesday tonight and a night to answer your questions. So uh, this person writes, I've been really trying to make anal playtime an enjoyable experience, but every time I seem to be encountering a lot of fecal mess. I understand that feces are not stored in the anal canal, but my canal seems to be quite short in length. Anything deep usually stimulates more bowel movements. Is there any way I can prevent this? Am I doing anything wrong? I'm not sure who I can speak to regarding this. So oftentimes uh, before engaging in anal play, some people use what's called a rectal enema. It looks like a pear. It actually looks like one of those things you suck out mucus from a baby's nose, really. Uh, and you fill it with, fills with water, uh, with warm water. It inserts into the anus and just, you slowly squeeze the bulb and, and that kind of flushes out whatever is left over in terms of, uh, of fecal matter. Usually we don't 
keep fecal matter in there. It just would be little bits that you would, would flush out. But, um, what's important is to have a bowel movement, make sure you have a bowel movement before, uh, so that you don't want to, you know, obviously feel like you need to have a bowel movement. So that's certainly not good. So make sure you have the bowel movement before clean yourself out. If you need to do a regular enema to clean yourself out, like they do when you prep for a colonoscopy or what have you. So that's, uh, that's something that you can do. Um, I was with a guy for a little while who had bad breath, smell, and taste. I looked up how to reduce it so I could give him suggestions because it was gross and kissing is important for me before, during, and after sex. I discovered that often the bad smell and taste could be caused by stomach acids coming up the digestive system. Very true. Solution. He needed to eat more food and more often. He would often wake up at 8 or 9 and only eat at 3 p.m., that's interesting, as well as drink more water to reduce the stomach acid or take whatever medication necessary also to reduce stomach acid, although doing it the natural way is uh, a good idea. So yes, there's, uh, there's that. That's uh, a factor in all of that. Uh, another question, um, is it okay to use baby oil as a lubricant? The answer is really no. Uh, first of all, you can't use baby oil baby oil has, uh, is not like scent. It has scent. It has other chemicals in it. So it could be, could be not always, but it could be an irritant to the vagina. Um, and it doesn't work with condoms. It breaks down the latex. You cannot use an oil based lubricant, uh, with condoms. You could try using coconut oil, not with condoms. Again, anything that's oil-based cannot be used with a condom. So really it's about how the partner tolerates the lubricant. Some women are like super sensitive, uh, to any kind of, of chemical stuff. So then you recommend like, um, the most organic or the least amount of chemicals in it. Sometimes just natural things like, uh, like coconut oil, again, if you're not using a condom. So it depends what, what, uh, the woman can, uh, your partner can tolerate and only she'll be able to, uh, to tell you that sometimes you have to try different ones. So going to a sex shop and like asking for sample packets is a good idea and see which ones you like and try those. Um, Texture writes, uh, yeah, baby oil is so much fun, especially on uh, a waterbed. I'm sure, but, uh, you know, again, uh, it's you can buy actually something that feels like baby oil but is safe with condoms is silicone. So silicone-based lubricants also work really well and they don't dry up. People like oil because they don't dry up. Whereas, uh, water-based lubricants or gels like KY jelly, for example, t- has a tendency to dry up real quick, uh, and people like it to last uh, longer. So that's why I usually recommend, um, the silicone based one. Someone says, I don't think they sell water beds anymore. I've not seen a water bed in, in a store or anything in a long time. I'm not sure why they, they're not popular. They were once really, really popular in my day. They were very popular. Uh, should it bother a person if their partner had more lovers than they did? 
Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure it's a question of should or shouldn't. What is? Uh, something is bothering someone. It's not a question of this shouldn't bother you. That's like telling somebody you should not be sad about this. So we're putting a, our own judgment on them. What if it is bothering uh, bothering them. Um, often there's a double standard, like I'll hear uh, from men, for example, who are very uncomfortable or made to feel ins- or feel insecure if their female partners has had far more partners than they have or more experience than they have. So it affects their sexual self-esteem. That's their issue. A person shouldn't have to feel like they are being judged by a partner who likes them, who may have exactly the same or more or what have you in terms of sexual experiences, but why are they taking it personally? Or why do, why are they comparing themselves to the other person? So I would ask like more questions about that, you know? Um, so, so KY shouldn't be used with condoms? No, KY is a water-based lubricant. There's a, a KY liquid and a KY jelly, and both can be used with condoms. Water-based lubricants, silicone-based lubricants, those can be used with condoms. Anything oil-based cannot. Um, I heard that because water beds are heated, they reduce sperm count. And sadly, I had to get rid of mine about 20 years ago. <laughs> and I have two kids. Well, at least you got the two kids. But yes, in terms of that, that's a possibility. But they now have water pillows, somebody else says. Uh, that's quite true. Of course, the water pillows aren't going to reduce your sperm count because they're not keeping your testes uh, warm all the time. But that certainly makes a, makes a lot of sense. Um, I agree that once you become accustomed, this texter says, to your proper style and technique of masturbation, you necessarily must become equally accustomed to your partner's way of handling you in order to reach orgasm as well. However, I would simultaneously argue that if the technique is good enough, one could just as easily reach orgasm despite it being different, even if experiencing it for the first time. Therefore, it's not strictly a question of mere difference, but also one of deliberate particular techniques as well. Very true, and there are often other factors that play into it. It's not just technique. It could be nervousness. It could be um, anxiety. It could be any number of things, plus the factor of getting used to one form of stimulation, but that doesn't mean that's forever going to be like that. It just means you have to get accustomed to, to that. And often with a new partner, the excitement of a new partner, it may not matter, uh, the technique they use or what they do or, uh, what have you. And texter writes, Dr. Lori, our lovers help to make us who we are. Why be jealous? That's also a very good point. You're very right. Um, I've been jerking off to porn for the last 10 plus years and unable to climax with my last couple of partners. Is there any hope to regain my, any normal function? Sure. Get off of porn completely. Get off of porn. Um, masturbate to your own thoughts instead of the, the porn. What's happening is what we're noticing is the stimulation created by porn isn't recreated in our, in sex with the real life partner. And so we are not as aroused 
when we are with uh, a partner. And the other thing is there's that part, but there's the part about getting used to your own hand as well. So used to it that you're, that being with a partner just doesn't get you there. So a lot of men end up, you know, wanting to finish themselves off, uh, because they're so used to that. So the, the best thing to do is hold off on masturbation completely and just have sex with your partner. Um, and then it'll take a little bit of time, but you can retrain, uh, yourself to do that. Last question, uh, fast come, very disappointed. What can I do? Uh, so you're talking about a premature ejaculation. The majority of men will ejaculate between two and five minutes. I'm not sure what you mean by too fast or how long you expect, uh, but you can train yourself as well, either through masturbation or with a partner to, you can, uh, what's called the stop and start technique. You can Google it if you want to get a tutorial on that, but basically you keep going until you get close to the point of no return. Then you stop, uh, you stop thrusting, you stop the stimulation, you resume again, you stop again, you resume again, you stop again. You do this continuously for a certain amount of time. Uh, and then you keep practicing this, you let go. Then the next time you extend that time and so on, uh, and so forth and so forth. So last uh, question if, uh, or last comment, if someone is upset at the number of partners, their partner has had, um, that is, in my opinion, that is slut shaming and insecurity on the part of the other person for their partners, multiple partners, neither of which are healthy. You're right. In a way it, it's, uh, can be seen as slut shaming and it would be, uh, an expression of someone else's insecurity more so than, uh, than anything else. That's it for me, folks. Uh, tomorrow evening is our dating dilemmas. We're going to talk about, um, dating after 50 or after 55, which many of our listeners are and have often asked questions about this. So we're going to address that tomorrow. Uh, thank you so much for spending your evening with me, or at least this last hour with me. Thank you to our technical producer, Chris Aitkins. Uh, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito, or if you want to send me an email or what have you, go to my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. Feel that bass from the history.